Hello, friends. My name is Denise Renner, and I'm so happy that you are with me for this program. Are you running a race? You are. You're running the race of faith, and that's what I'm going to talk to you about today because we're all in this same race, and we all want to win the prize. And what's the prize? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25, that it's an imperishable crown. You know, everything that you see around you, it's very perishable. Everything perishable. But the crown that we're going to receive is imperishable. It's worth everything that you are doing to push through every difficulty, every problem, every difficult situation, it's completely worth it for that day when we see Jesus and he says to us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And then he places that crown on our head and it's completely imperishable. Well, I'm just excited about what I'm going to share with you today. I want to thank you for your responses. I'm hearing from you. I'm hearing your testimonies. Please, if you need prayer, we want to pray for you. We are here to pray for you. We care about what's going on in your life. And if you'll just let us know how we can pray for you, we will. I want to open an amazing scripture to us. It's, it's Hebrews chapter 12 and it's verse 1 because this is talking about running the race. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You see, we're not just running this race. You're not just living out this Christian life by yourself. There's a whole crowd. It's called a cloud of witnesses. They're the ones that have gone on before us. And they are in the cheering squad. And they, maybe it's your mother, maybe it's your grandmother, maybe it's your brother, maybe it's a teacher that you loved. And they're standing there in that grandstand waiting for us to, to get to heaven. And because they're already there and they're already in glory, they already see the magnificence of heaven and where we're going. And they're standing there and they're saying, do all that you can do. It's all worth it. Keep pressing forward. Don't let anything or anyone intimidate you in your race. You keep going. They are real witnesses and they really are cheering us on. You need to think about that. And we're surrounded by them. And then it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Now, in these games, in these Roman games at that time, when this scripture was written, when they, when these 
athletes competed. They competed with, with very little clothes on or naked because they didn't want anything pulling them down. And that is, that's what this scripture's saying. You, you don't want anything pulling you down. We got to get rid of it. If it's, if it's somebody, if it's intimidation, then we got to get rid of it. If it's a thought, you can't do this. We got to get rid of it. If it's a thought, you're going to fail. We got to get rid of it. If it's, if it's somebody that's hurt you and you need to forgive, then you need to forgive. We got to strip off everything that would try to bring a heaviness on us and hinder us from running our race. And that's what that scripture is saying. And then it says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So there is a race and we're going to have to run with endurance. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is how can we endure? And there's a woman in the Bible is in first Samuel chapter 25. And let's just go there. First Samuel chapter 25. And her name is Abigail. And actually she's, she's like a hero because she was in a very difficult situation and she knew what to do. And she saved her whole family. Well, the situation is that her husband, he's very, um, very wealthy man. He owns a lot of sheep, a lot of goats. He owns a lot of land. He's very wealthy. But he's got some real character issues. And the Bible calls him a scoundrel, which means he was hard. He was cruel. He was stiff-necked. He was stubborn, he was obstinate, he was hard-hearted, and he was impatient. So he cannot imagine being married to somebody like this. But we see a part of her race is being committed. Because this is not an easy place to be, to be married to a man like this. But she's committed to God, and she's committed to her marriage. Bible doesn't say how long she was married to this man and how long she had to endure, but she was committed. And friend, that's one thing I want to say to us is one of the powerful things for us is, are we committed? Am I really committed? Am I really deciding that this is what I want to do? Do I really want to stay in this race? Well, you know, there's so many times in my own life where, you know, the enemy or situations pressing on you and it's pressure and it's kind of like, you know, you want to give up or your mind goes this place or that place. And I remember what Peter said. Jesus said, are you going to leave me too? And Peter said, Lord, where could we go? You're the only one with the words of eternal life. Friend, there's no place else for us to go. How can we not be committed? Because he's the only place for us to go. He's the only one with the words of eternal life. And this Abigail, she had a commitment in her heart to stay in this marriage and be committed to God. Well, what happens is that um, 
David, who became King David, uh, he and his men, 400 men, they see Nabal's sheep and the uh, shepherds are shearing the sheep. Well, David, he just decides to, to use his power and his men and they guard all these shepherds and all these sheep from, you know, criminals and thieves coming and stealing from these <clears throat> shepherds because they're out, out in the fields and anybody at that time could come and bring harm or steal their sheep. But David and his men, they have protected these sheep and shearers. So it's a feast day, and David says to uh, Nabal's servants, he says, would you go ask your master if uh, it's a feast day, and could he please, you know, provide us some food because we've done this kindness for him? Well, David hears back from Nabal, and Nabal says, I'm not feeding you. I don't know who David is. And uh, David gets this message, and David gets really mad. And David says, okay, then I'm coming and I'm going to kill every man that's in your family or your servant. I am coming and I'm going to wipe out your household. This is David's attitude. This is his anger. Well, Nabal's wife, as I've said, her name is Abigail. And she's committed to her marriage. She's committed to God. Well, in this commitment, and I'm sure you found this true. If you stay committed to God, you don't become a victim. You become a victor because something happens on the inside of you. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32, this is God's opinion of a powerful person. He who is slow to anger, verse 32 of chapter 16, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty and he who rules his spirit than he who takes the city. So we all respect and honor great generals of all kinds of centuries and ages that have done great battles and taken great cities and, and they do, they are do our honor. But according to God, somebody who's over their own spirit and calms down their own anger is more powerful than one who takes a city. So Abigail we don't know how this man treated her, but we know that this is what the Bible says about him, that he was cruel, he was hard, he was stiff-necked, he was obstinate. That, had, that character had to be coming over on her. But she was committed. And instead of giving back anger, when anger was coming towards her, she became a mighty woman by controlling her own anger, submitting to God, and God did something amazing inside of her. She became humble on the inside. Well, how, how do you know that she was humble? Well, let's go back to our story in, in Samuel. Because when, when she heard that David and his men, 
very angry or coming to kill everyone. What she did was she gathered up all this food. The Bible says it was um, 200 loaves of bread. It was five sheep that were dressed. It was roasted grain. It was 100, 100 clusters of raisins and 200 cakes of feed, figs. And she loaded them on donkeys. I mean, this woman knew what to do. Instead of running, she knew what to do. And then, which shows great wisdom. And if somebody's angry and a victim all the time, they don't have great wisdom. And then, so we see that she had this wisdom and that she had humility. Look at, I want, I want you to see how humble she was. Because David comes... David comes and this is what she does. Now here are 400 men. Can imagine how dirty and angry and ugly they all are because they've been out there in the field for days and all they have in their heart is they want to kill. And David is leading them. But look how she approaches them. On verse 24, of chapter 25. So she fell at his feet and said, on me, my Lord, on me, let this iniquity be. And please let your maidservant speak in your ears and hear the words of your maidservant. Please let my Lord regard this scoundrel, Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name and folly is with him. But I, your maidservant, did not see the young men of my Lord whom you sent. She said, you can blame this on me. That takes humility. She's committed. She, and out of that commitment came a great humility. We see it here. If, if somebody's proud or angry or a victim, you don't see humility in that person. You don't see wisdom. But we see it in Abigail. She was humble. She bowed before David. She said, please, my Lord. She called him Lord. She said, please, let this iniquity be on me. Please hear what I have to say. That takes power. That is power. This is what she is, has experienced in finding this endurance to go through all of this is her commitment and out of her commitment, and I want to say out of your commitment, comes humility. Because we do whatever we have to do to stay committed to God. Well, out of this amazing humility comes something else very powerful, and it's a boldness. And I want you to look at verse 26. She is so bold before David. Now, I want you to understand the emotional people that she's standing up against. It's an emotion of murder. It's anger. It's hate. It's I'm going to annihilate you. Any other person would be running, but she's committed and God has, has 
created in her character a humility. And now out of that humility has come a tremendous boldness. So we see in verse 26, this is Abigail talking to David. Now, therefore, my Lord, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, since the Lord has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hand now, then let your enemies and those who seek harm for my Lord be as Nabal. She was saying, she was telling David, she's so bold. She was telling David that he wasn't going to do any bloodshed. Now, he's there with his swords ready to shed blood. His 400 men backing him with their swords ready to shed blood. And she's telling him that he's not going to shed blood. That takes a bold person. And then we see in verse 31, she says that this will be no grief to you, nor offense of heart to my Lord, either that you have shed blood without cause or that my Lord has avenged himself. But when the Lord has dealt well with my Lord, then remember your maidservant. She was telling him, that she's stopping him from doing this. So there will be no grief and there will be no offense of heart to my Lord for shedding innocent blood. This woman is so bold. She is absolutely telling David what he's going to do. And then she's going to tell him what's going to happen after he does it. And that kind of boldness, not a boldness of... Well, I'm going to tell you what to do, but a boldness from a place of commitment. And out of that commitment came great humility, great humility. And she bows before him. She takes the blame. And then she says, please don't do this, David. It's, it's not going to be good for you. That's so bold. That is so bold. Is there somebody you, is there something you need to be bold against? Is there a fear that tries to push you around? Is there a person that tries to intimidate you? Is there a situation that says, this is not going to change and it'll always be like that? Do you need to find the boldness of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, the greater one on the inside of you. You've made your commitment. You've humbled yourself for, before God. I'm telling you, there's a boldness inside of you. It's yours. And you can say, you know what? I'm going to stand up. I'm going to stand up. I'm not going to bow to fear anymore. I'm not going to bow to the opinions of others anymore. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to do what's right. And that's exactly what a Abigail did. And do you know that Abigail in her boldness, in her commitment, in the humility that came out of her commitment, and the boldness came out of her humility, she saved a whole household and she stopped David from making a terrible mistake. 
he would have killed innocent people, his own people. And I want you to see what David says to her. He says, for indeed, in verse 34, as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has kept me back from hurting you, unless you had hurried and come to meet me, surely by morning light, no males would have been left to Nabal. He said, you stopped me from doing this, and I'm grateful. That's the kind of boldness. But it's from the Holy Ghost. It's not, I'm better than you, but it's, it's a knowing that I've got to do what's right. I've got to stand up for what's right. I've got to not listen to the accusations of the enemy. I've got to not listen to the opinions of others. I've got to, I am committed to God. I'm humble before him. And there's a boldness on the inside of me and I'm standing up with that boldness and I'm going to stand up against the enemy. There will be people like David. When you stand up in your boldness, they'll say, thank you. Thank you. Because they need to see somebody bold. They need to see somebody standing up for righteousness. They need to see somebody taking their place and doing what they're supposed to do and not letting intimidation or fear knock them out of the race. No, friend, you don't want to be knocked out of the race. I don't want to be knocked out of the race. And it is through commitment. It is through humbling ourselves to God do you think it was easy for Abigail to humble herself before God and to obey such a man as Nabal? I'm sure it was a very difficult school. And, and when the enemy brings things, he's trying to break us. But God's so powerful. It says in Romans 8.26 that he takes anything that the devil throws at you and he'll work it for your good. So instead of Abigail being broken, that situation didn't break Abigail, that situation made Abigail. And you and I, we don't have to bow to the situation and say, I'm a victim. We can say, I'm committed to God. I humble myself before God. I'm going to do what he tells me to do. And I'm going to be bold. And I'm going to run my race. And nothing or nobody is going to stop me from running my race. Friends, that's endurance. That's what that scripture is talking about. In Hebrews chapter chapter 12, verse 1, to run your race with endurance and to get your prize that wonderful day. And it will come where we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and we look into his eyes and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And he will present, is that amazing? He will present an imperishable crown 
to you. That's amazing to me. Well, I want you to please let us know how we can pray for you. Let us know how we can encourage you. It, maybe you need prayer in this place in your race where you are and you don't want to give up. You want to stay committed to the Lord and you want to be bold in that place. You can call us and we'll pray for you. I've so enjoyed show, sharing the word of God with you and I'll see you next time. Women are powerful and very influential, but what kind of power and influence they have depends on what has happened inside their hearts. The Bible tells us of women like Jezebel, a woman who had no touch of God in her heart and used her influence to destroy her husband, her sons, and her nation. But the Bible also gives examples of women who were supportive, godly, helpful, and delivering. In this amazing 10-part series, 10 Powerful Women with Rick and Denise Renner, you will learn about an unnamed woman who changed history, a woman God radically changed, a woman who saved her nation, a woman who was delivered of demons by Jesus, a woman who gave her living room to Jesus, a woman preacher in the New Testament. Whether you are a man or a woman, this powerful series will help you embrace who God wants you to be and is available in digital or physical format starting at just $20. In addition, we are also offering you the book, All the Women of the Bible. The world needs men and women to embrace their God-given destiny and to make a difference in the lives of those around them. This book is filled with examples of 400 named and unnamed women of the Bible, and it is amazing. We know it will be a blessing to you. This insightful book by Herbert Lockyer can be yours for just $19. Don't miss this special offer, this series, 10 Powerful Women, and the book, All the Women of the Bible. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. My name is Joel Renner coming to you from Moscow, Russia, and I want to say thank you to all of our ministry partners. Your support has allowed us to help special needs children in Russia. Because of you, we are able to help children with disabilities. Because of your gifts, we are able to give them attention and care. We're even able to provide outings for their parents where they can enjoy their children as a family with no worries or concerns. Your gifts have lifted their burdens. Often children with disabilities don't leave their apartments for extended periods due to the difficulty of getting around this mega city of Moscow. So when they come to an event especially designed for them, it is a truly special time. Several times a year, we put on a children's musical that are based on Bible stories so these children can learn about God's Word and His great love for them. Parents and grandparents who accompany them fill the church in anticipation for this outreach. When you give to Renner Ministries, you can bring joy to these children and give them the hope of God's Word. It happens because of the support of partners. But there are so many more that need your help. Will you consider joining us as a partner today so we can continue helping these beautiful children? Without your support, we simply cannot do this. Please call or go online right now. When generous, caring people like you give, we are able to give these children with special needs the care and attention they need so desperately to help these beautiful children and their families. Please call us or go online to renner.org. Through your donations of any size, we can continue to make a huge difference in these children's lives.